out of all the terrible experiences I've experienced, so the lowest moment I had was when I was living with one of my friends slash dealers slash guy that we just dealt with each other because we could get each other drugs. And I would live in his upstairs, in his bedroom, him and his wife's bedroom, between a bunch of crap and his desk. There was a little space just big enough for me to lay down at night, and I would just sit in that spot for days on end, and we'd, like, hustle stuff as he had six kids downstairs. And like, and I just remember waking up or whatever and coming to the realization, like, I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. And like that, I was like, well, that's terrifying, dude. Yeah. Like, are you, yeah. are you resigning yourself to like, this is going to be your life? That was the lowest point. Now, mind you, there was a bunch of other terrible stuff that happened before and after that. But yeah, like it's not. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome. We got deep real fast today. To Guiding Light, Casting Light. I'd like to welcome everybody to our Christmas edition, Thus the Christmas Tree. I'd also like to thank Debbie uh, for making sure that this little puppy right here is shining bright. Because you know what? You know what needs to be shining bright? Guiding light. And you know what? We're going to take our way all the way through the night with this light, and it's going to be a good day. So this is our... Are you turning his mic off? This is going to be our finale, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, come on. I'm not turning it off. We, You're this, clipping. This is... I'm what? You're clipping. You're talking too loud. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I'll talk loud. I'll talk slow. This... You can talk... Anyway. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. Yeah. This is our last episode for last this episode year of the year yeah mm-hmm. for yeah. this season right is the season two if you want to call it that I oh, okay know. i mean well we've been saying this do you want to call it that yeah we're gonna call, call it that so this finale. is the last uh episode of season two for casting light yeah. a podcast put on by guiding light with our fearless uh host and producer doug thank you doug all right thank you uh debbie our fearless host and host and <laughs> And who are you? My name is Daniel, <laughs> and I'm I'm a host sometimes. Welcome back. You haven't been here in a while. <laughs> I, know. I know it's it's, we miss it's you. been a it's okay. It's been a busy year. It has. Yeah. It, it really has. Um. So we are. So this is the last episode for this season, but we are going to be back January twenty seventh. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the yeah, date that you, you said. Yes, that's what I yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I thought you would say you were saying December twenty seventh, and I was like. That's not how a break. are we gonna have a how are we gonna record before that? But no, it's January. January twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty twenty three. About a month. Yeah. About a month from right now. So it'll so, be nice. I know that we need a break. Yeah. I've I've kind of just we taken have, had a break. We, we all have real jobs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> I don't know. We like we all have other primary sources of income. Yeah. And this, this is really not any source of income. No, but me. this is fun though. And I do like doing it. Yeah. And I I genuinely do like uh, hanging out with Debbie every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Doug, I see you a lot and I appreciate that, but. I feel like you see her more than me probably. No. No, that's no. not true. That's, that's not, not true, true at all. all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about. How do you uh, think we did this year? Yeah. Recap it. Recap. I, I remember. Think it's been great. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've had like ups and downs in the backstage area. That's true. There have been some times where we thought we might not have done the best and then mm-hmm. it was fine when you listen back mm-hmm. 
I mean, we've talked about relapse. We've brought in mm-hmm. um, so some people, guests. a lot of different guests, which I was, mm-hmm. I was really excited about that. We've talked about um, acetaminophen-induced liver failure. We have, We've yep. talked mm-hmm. about pooping to stop raccoons. Yep. We've talked about... Um, trauma. Trauma. Mm-hmm. That's a good That's We've, a good one after yep. the poop. Um, <laughs> I, think we, I think we did cover a lot of... I think it'd be interesting. I don't know how many people... We've I know, shared I, I a know, lot of wrong facts. We shared a lot of wrong facts. We shared a lot of right facts, though, too. We have, yeah. I don't. Oh, by the way, Doug, I did find out you lose about 0.3. Yeah. Uh, or point, no, 0.20 inches throughout the day, your height. 0.20? Oh. So a fifth of an inch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, anyways. So that's a right fact. Do you get it back when you're sleeping? Is that yes. how it works? Oh, okay. Yeah, because when you're horizontal, your vertebrae decompresses from mm-hmm. gravity throughout the day. Oh. This must have been a conversation on the bro down. No, no. This, this was during this was during a workout. No, this is oh, off, oh, oh. off air. Okay, yeah. so everybody else is as confused down, yeah. as me. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Yule. Yep. All of the things. Uh, Isn't the one with a, a R? Ramadan. Is Ramadan now? That's not a Christmas thing. Ro- no, I don't think. What, what, what was the one from Futurama? Robazon or I? You know I, what I'm I, talking I, about? I though? know what you're talking about. I can't think of it though. Oh yeah. But yeah, Merry Robonica. Christmas. Something like is that. that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> Robonica. I think that is what it was. Um, Crimbus. Is there anything Krampus? else? No. Crampus Knox. No. Is the when's the Lunar New Year? That's that already isn't happened. That tet? I don't know. I've been writing about the Tet Offensive. That's what my oh. history is. What my, that's what my senior <laughs> that is, a very, that's, is about. Well, it's part of it. It's about the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christmas is my favorite season. I like the lights. I like yeah. the snow. It's finally getting cold, which I'm really stoked about. Um, there there's hasn't no snow. I know. There's not snow. Which not is, today. It's really, They're supposed to be coming, though, I think. You know what really grinds my gears? What? Sub 30 temperature, no snow. Yeah, really grinds I don't my like gears. that either. I understand that. If there's not going to be pretty snow to look at. It has nothing to do with being pretty. It is gorgeous, though. Yeah. it's The world's quieter when it's snow. It is quieter. Yeah, (laughs) because the sound waves between the snowflakes, they don't move as far. I like that. Yeah, I Um, also like that. Also, when you have... It doesn't... I don't think it happens here as much. In Flagstaff, Arizona, where I used to live, the streetlights were extra orange. And so when it would be a snowstorm, the streetlights would reflect off the snow on the ground and the sky would be orange. Oh. Super artificial. See, that happens back home because there's a big prison. So you, like same concept? Yeah. The sky looks very orange over top of where the complex is. Worth it. It is actually kind of pretty. I don't yeah, the the it's like the, bad, the, the prison but... industrial complex is worth it to get those orange skies, oh, you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they could leave the lights and just stop the prison complex. What was your worst Christmas gift? Ooh, my worst Christmas gift. I think I might have to plead the fifth because I don't know if they listen to the podcast and I don't want to. All right, what's your people. best Christmas gift? <laughs> my best one. Do you remember the those the digital blue camera? No. You were a kid. There was commercials all over the place. I think I know what you're and talking they really, about. But... They really, it was like a little handheld thing. It looked like a little gun. Um but they really played up the abilities of what you could do with it when you were a did. kid, like on the commercials and whatnot. 
Um, so when my parents got me when I was a kid, I like I was so excited about it. It was really just like a crappy little. I mean, it was pretty awesome. I did a lot of cool stuff with it, but like, um, what what foreshadowing that was for your life too? Yeah, I was always really into that kind of. How stuff. How old are you though? Like eight. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, that's very early. I was doing stuff with it, my parents' camcorders and stuff like that back oh, then. I was not. Cam I was making. Orders. I was making like gas bombs at that age. Yeah. At eight. Actually, I was making gas bombs when I was like four or five. I had but... like, yeah, I had a copy of like the Anarchist Cookbook that I printed out. I never got one. My mom found that. We lived very different lives. We did. I think I built a telegraph. A telegraph? Yeah. Like a... Beep, 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 For the science fair. Oh. It's pretty easy to I build. I think I did that, yeah. Yeah. I did not. It's not hard. You just I didn't like... build it myself, but I mean, like, I think well, that was a, like a, an experiment in one of my classes. It was either the telegraph or... Because I, I get third and fourth grade, I get confused all the time on what I did for the science fair. Well, 9-11 was during one of them. I know. And I think that, <laughs> I think, because I did telegraph and then the next for... year I did periscope. Those are two very, built a, yeah, one's really cool, one's really stuff. not. Which is which? Telegraph's awesome. Okay. The periscope's I did just learn more two scope. meters. Periscope's pretty simple, yeah. 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 Did you, I'm we, hoping that was, was third grade in the telegraph telegraph the telegraph was fourth because if it was the other way that was a, that was bad i think it might have been the pair the periscope was first i don't know i was thinking the other day about how hard it probably was for somebody to invent the wheel you did know? you hear about the first submarine no the the one that like archimedes built or whatever no no no, no, no. Oh, the okay. the like uh in the civil war <laughs> uh the confederates Mm -hmm. had built a submarine i, I have just, heard about this. i just saw so they got so it was it has like an eight person submarine and what they were basically going to do is stick a bomb to the edge of a stick so they get like these eight people in there and they're like all right we're going to test run and it sinks with a hatch open and kills everybody inside so they raise it up drain it take everybody out <laughs> fill another eight people in there including the inventor and then they're like, all right, we're going to do a test run. And they go out and then it sinks and it kills everybody inside. So they pull it back up again, drain it out, clean everybody out, put a bunch more, eight more people in there. And they're like, all right, we're ready for it. And they went out and they hit a ship. They actually saw them coming. But since the naval guns are used to aim up, they couldn't aim down yeah. for the water. Hit the ship with the thing. And the obviously a bomb's going off in yeah. front of them. And it like, like decompressed their lungs and, stuff and killed everybody in the ship. And it sunk cool so that confederate thing has more deaths attributed to the actual confederacy with men in the sh men in the submarine than the people that it killed on the ship it killed less people on the ship only killed like four people on the ship mm. killed like 24 people yeah the civil, <laughs> yeah, war, the civil war is fascinating conflict but that whole concept mm. of like <clears throat> like when it's so sim it, it's it's difficult for me to try to comprehend what that would be like to invent things back then because we know of so much now well it's pretty easy to be like well how do i make myself underwater but then it's yeah, like but then to do it yeah but then like something as like fundamentally like you may from our perspective yeah the wheel makes so much sense yeah but you know i'm trying to put myself in the mind of somebody who has no conception of that well i'm assuming it'd just be the same thing when you roll a rock and it's you the say that the you know rock. but and it's like well, Maybe. what do you want from me, Doug? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to picture myself back. The, the thought experiment, I guess I was thinking about the other day was like, I'm trying to picture myself back then and how difficult, like 
like how smart would you actually have to be to sort of, or, or like how good at like thinking outside the box would you have to be to realize that, you know, how wheels work? You have it's something a, a, really big to move. It's, it's, it's based, yeah, it's, but, it's based I mean, the idea know. of like, all right, like, well, right. Okay. So sitting right now in 2022 and being like, all right, well, what if, what if I just breathed? Or like without ladders, oxygen, you know, and being like, what are you talking about? Like just an, an insane concept where you're like, what is that even? Yeah. Have you seen the ladders is another concept that I think, you know, I think ladders make more sense because they would, it would be naturally occurring somewhat, not like an actual ladder, but like yeah. the concept yeah, 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 of yeah. climbing. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think the wheel would be more concept. It gets more crazy when people are like, all right, like, well, how do you make glasses? Right. That's insane to me. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how that happened. Or like sound waves or like mm -hmm. like really when they made the telephone. By the way, Graham did not make the telephone first. Oh, okay. But that idea Who of like did? uh I don't know. It was some uh Well who'd they name the bell after? He he took credit <laughs> for it, but he didn't do it. Which most things happen. Did they call bells mm -hmm. before phones? Probably, yes. right? I, yes, they did. they did. It was the I Liberty Bell. <laughs> bells run. Did they call bells bells before phones? You know what I learned, though? To like, So, you know Carol of the Bells? No. The song? Give me another one. I know the it, bells. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do know the song. Don't tell me what I know. So, <laughs> I'm sure you know it. But it's actually stolen from, I think it was. Is it royalty free? Can I play it right now? It's an, oh, probably. it's an old enough song. Probably, probably royalty free. I think, I can't remember if it was the Ukraine. You're going to like, chance it. <laughs> it's a different, I think it was the Ukraine. See, here we are with bad facts. I can't remember if it was the Ukraine or it doesn't the, matter. the Czech Republic right? or something. What's the, what's the, what's the, the thing? It was their song yeah. first. Okay. They have their own words to it, but oh. we totally ripped the the song part, the instrumental part, and then we put our own words to it. When you say we ripped it, are you meaning America? I mean, it's on brand if it was probably, I don't know. We might've stolen. It might've been just a, a Catholic thing. The, the, I don't know. <laughs> not gonna. The, the, the whole thing though of like, that, I don't know if we brought it from the church of England or not. I don't know. If it was how crazy like, is it that at one point they're like, wait, is your six month old coffin? Here's some morphine. That'll soothe that cough right ooh, down. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I right? Yeah. Like you look at old things. I'm like, that would be cocaine and Coca-Cola. It was a cough medicine originally. Yeah, it was a guy that, but then he found out that he could make more money selling soda. Yeah. But any, anything along those lines has always been fascinating to me of even even that general concept of a concept that something can be addicting. Mm -hmm. Like, and then we came into an, an age of society where like we actually had the means to, because at one point, it, like you wouldn't be able to survive being addicted to something because you needed to right. work for your own food. So like you kind of just wouldn't right. or you'd yeah. die. Yeah, yeah. And then we became, then we, we developed the luxury of addiction, but. Well, yeah, but there's always like the folklore of like the town the drunkard. Drunk. Yeah. You know, and like the, the mm. village idiot. But I don't <laughs> think that goes much further than. No, most people just mm. couldn't afford not yeah. like either afford financially or just afford yeah to like feed themselves and, and then like medic support things. And e even to go, to go to inventions, the idea that like, oh, let's let's tweak a little molecules and all right, put it in my vein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and, and like, you can kind of know what it's going to do too, mm -hmm. based by the, by the molecular structure of it. But yeah, the idea of people going through and like even crack crack is 
relic very new relative mm-hmm. to crack is coming back it I don't, never left <laughs> I, I can promise you it never left as soon as it got here know. it was like this is my home it's one of yeah i've never tried crack it has for me personally i have more cravings for crack than i do any other drug yeah, i hear I, yeah i i was at it's a point very, in my the life claws are very yeah most of mm, most of talents. my adult life i was in a place where i was like yeah I'll try anything once, but luckily it just never came across my path because I probably would have. It's just like, it. I mean, I'm not going to like go look for it, but like, I mean, if you got it, that, I mean, that was me. Isn't that the dare myth? No, dare, dare myth is. Oh, that people hey, are going to get you to. Hey, hey kid, you want some rocks? <laughs> or like that thing now where people are saying to watch your kids Halloween candy yeah, because they're gonna people are going to hide fentanyl. edibles in it. Yeah. yeah, because people are definitely giving away their drugs for free. No, it's definitely not true. It doesn't yep. happen. It's like the it's like the cops and they talk about how also, they're, getting, if, they're if, getting poisoned by fentanyl by somebody by touching something, yeah. which is impossible, by the way. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, just a bunch of anyway. It's not impossible, but the situations that they're putting it into are very no, very it's, unlikely. It's impossible. I don't know. I don't know about impossible. Isn't it? You can't touch fentanyl and. Have you ever done fentanyl? Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever shot it? No, I haven't shot anything. That has nothing to do with any part of this conversation. Yeah. But there are different types of fentanyl no, that I, are more I, dangerous no, than I others. I did fentanyl. I got like... Um, what do you mean like, you did fentanyl? Like I got like hospital patches full of them. Hell yeah. Like way back in the day, like oh. in high school. Did you used to chew on them? No, That's but I would like dip done. weed in them and smoke it and stuff yep. like that. And like, yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd get the, because they're like 72 hour patches. Yeah, you just get them and just chew on them. Yep. I never had those, but... Yeah. Because that stops the extended release? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Just straight to the dome piece, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right past that blood-brain barrier. Yeah, that's why I just want the intravenous route, but... Mm-hmm. Yep. Just kind of afraid of needles, you know? See, I so, was too, and then I'm sure I wasn't. I, yeah, you know. <laughs> I have heard that. I'm also very know. afraid of needles. They yeah. had to use the kid thing on me the last time I got a flu shot. It's well, just... I stole a bunch of Oxycontin from a pharmacy when I was in high school, and like... You. And... Like gangster, dude. And I had like a, well, it was my dad's pharmacy. Oh, (laughs) still gangster, dude. I know. Um, and, uh, and the point is, yeah. Um, but the point is, is like, so I just had a mean oxy habit for three weeks and then I don't know. I was, I was kind of fine afterwards. See, I I feel like at a younger age though, like even within our addictions, like we kind of, we were all experimenting until we found what our, jam was yeah yeah and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like because i in in early in high school it was i loved i loved the feeling of not being in control of my body right. so like cortisone xanax yeah, totally. clonopin anything yeah. like that where like i could kind of see myself doing these things and yeah. not being able to control it i love that yeah and then i kind of got away from that and then opiates where i was like oh this is my jam yeah yeah and then even with needles it was like oh like okay like do it over here and then I'm gonna look this way and then yeah. eventually it was just like a like well that person's not here I'm gonna and then eventually it it does it becomes a very I don't think people understand who maybe a point of addiction that somebody that hasn't lived it wouldn't understand is the intimacy that is created between that substance and you the routines mm. yeah and the rituals based around yeah, you fall into it and it's hard to break that pattern. The, the same thing of like, I think syringes are sexy. Yeah, like right. There's, it's just a, that's an intimate relationship that I have with that object. And along with these other things, it's a relationship. Yeah. 
Well, it gets connected to good feelings too. Yeah. Cause like, if you're, if you feel like you're dying and then Pain. you get the needle and Without you love. feel like you're alive again, it gets those two things. Your brain compresses that information and it connects the two. So now it's the needle equals good. Brains just simplify everything. Yeah, I know. We're There's not nothing aesthetically pleasing about garbage cans full of empty half gallons, but there's a part of me that's just like, I know that the simplicity yeah. of that life. Well, your yes. body reacts to it. Cause like, so as you're talking Pain. about, <laughs> yeah. When you're talking about <laughs> loving the feeling of not being in control of your body. Yeah. I have an exact opposite reaction to that. And I think love. that's <laughs> You're throwing me off. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just picturing me Do you like get it done? me like staring at like a like an empty plastic half gallon with that song playing just, in the background just <laughs> It is a very cinematic scene right there. Thanks. Yeah, that's I'm good. pretty sure that song your brain is does going. have royalties on it. Probably. Yeah, I can't. Not the way you're singing it. <laughs> you gotta really get the like bottom oh, jaw into it. Right. All right. So, anyways, oh, sorry. No, yeah. you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just as like as a trauma survivor, being out of control of my body was always so bad. Yeah. You know, because like in certain types of trauma, there's some betrayal in your body because right. bodies respond whether you want them to or not. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I would be enough out of control of my body for it to react in a way that I didn't consent to. Mm -hmm. was so debilitatingly awful. Yeah. You know, and so dissociating was always my like drug of choice. Your jam? Yeah. That that was my Doesn't, doesn't dissociating sort of forfeit a degree of control over your body though? Yeah, but I'm not here. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't matter huh. cuz yeah. I'm I'm not in here anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm somewhere else. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's disconnecting those two things and I don't know. It's interesting though, because as you say that, I kind of I'm trying to think back to that time and how it is just a very different experience. Because for my experience, it was like I felt like I had to do, I had to, I had to have control over so many things that that mm -hmm. was my like that was my escape into this world that I mm -hmm. I I felt like I not too much control, but um, no, it's very interesting. It wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so bad. Like wow. I was, I watched the video back and I was like, man, I really sound annoying. I did not mean for that to sound what like one? that. I mean, I, I that hate the one, sound of my voice. The wow video. What happened? Wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I said, wow. And an awkward, I think I panicked because there was dead air and I was like, no, we have to fill it. And then the first thing my brain thought was, See, wow. Even, even that though, I, I don't think people. I appreciate the fact that I can laugh at my misery. I appreciate the fact yeah. that people can laugh at their pain. And I, and like, not, that's not everybody's response to it, but I, yeah. like, that is my way of coping. And I'm happy that I have some degree, I would think maybe slightly higher average, like ability to recognize social cues. And that's something mm -hmm. that I'm still working on to like, oh, this isn't the time. <laughs> but like, I appreciate. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I appreciate that fact. I don't want somebody to, I don't like the people that are so serious about their life and recovery and, and this relapse and, and all these mm -hmm. other, where it's just like, like, oh, that, a bummer. that's just not how I want to show up. So like, yeah. I tend to like, sometimes I do make little jokes and trust me, I've gotten in, I said in the house meeting today, I have a big mouth. It's gotten me in trouble a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, 
that's not how I view it. And it's yeah. also, I didn't mean it personally, but I also take things very personally too. Yeah. Because the world's about me, yo. Like, I don't understand why everybody just can't get what I'm trying to put down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If the world did what I wanted it to do, it'd be terrible. <laughs> I do think to your earlier point about how important I think I am, <laughs> I there was a time when I thought I was so important that something like seeing a comment or, you know, because I agreed. I didn't like that I said, wow, like that at all or that it happened Bang. in that context. <laughs> but that would eat at me for so long because I would feel like that made such an impact on somebody. And now I'm like, I mean, does it though? I just think it's kind of funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, the more also, you guys mock me with it, the I'm better I'll feel about you. it. I'm mocking you. I know you are. But like the, it's, it's just interesting of how, and that's, that's a universal yeah. perception of people, which I find fascinating of how, like, how it is just like, oh, like I, I did this. First off, I'll go back to like the whole mom adage that my mom, I'd be like, oh, my brother Ben, you know, he pissed me off. And he'd be like, oh, really? Your brother didn't do that. Like you're choosing to be upset about it. And I'd be like, that is not fair. And she'd be like, life's not fair. And, but this whole idea of people, oh, well, he shouldn't have done I'm like, all right, great. Like you have a choice in this matter. Yeah. Like, and I, and the same thing of, I can choose that I'm the most important person on the planet and let this ruin me Yeah. or I can't, or, or I choose not to do that. Yeah. But, we have to figure out, I was just talking about this last night with somebody about, you have to figure out if something is legitimately BS that needs to be dealt with. There are yeah. lots of problems in the world that are legitimately a problem and mm -hmm. they do require energy and effort and we should put some, you know, effort into I fixing it. I wish I had this set up when I was shooting meth. You know how much fun I would have had? What setup? Podcast. Podcasts? <laughs> we would have 48 hours straight of audio. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure, sure all of it would be really good too. <laughs> <laughs> like all the songs that have been written yeah. when people are just like, oh, it would it would just be a t it would just it would be fascinating. I'm sure me. it would yeah. feel really good at the time. And oh yeah, I'm sure you'd look back two years later and be like, wow. And I'd be like, wow. Like people figuring out quantum physics. They'd be like, dude, do you remember that one time that we were talking about? Like, I think we, I think we, I think we cured the Middle Eastern conflict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. Bananas are delicious. We, we usually didn't talk about stuff like the Middle Eastern conflict. So I'm pretty Real sure we stuff. did from time to time, but we usually, I did. We usually talked about like, not that. Yeah. Know. It makes I, sense. I figured out the, I figured out the meaning of life on acid once and I really did. I don't remember it. Is it but seven? Like, no, <laughs> no. The, the, I had a 32. Is that what it is? Hitchhiker's like that, yeah. Guide. I, I had a buddy of mine that also, he had a very bad experience on, I think it was mushrooms. It might've been salvia. I think it was mushrooms though, where he said that he basically like walked into this factory and he called this the people factory and there was just conveyor belt and they were just putting people together. And then there was this like creature up on the wall that like was like, didn't have a gender. and was just saying like, you're not supposed to see this. And then he's just like, ah, oh, that sounds like salvia. Yeah. There, no one has a good experience on salvia. No, I never did. It's like one out of a one out of a no, hundred. You have a, every everything else. It was, like, it was terrifying. It, it was certainly an experience. Oh yeah, uh, but no, it was too much. Yeah, yeah. I knew much. someone once who said that the only way that they ever made any emotional like progress, like through trauma or whatever, was while they were on acid. But then 
we would have coffee every other week and we would have the exact same conversation every single time. And he would tell me how much progress he had made and how he like, what, would he be cried. taking acid every week? I guess for a um, while he was like, that's how I get the most out of therapy is when I'm on acid. Yeah, that's just and I'm BS. like, do you I mean, remember? It, I mean, yeah, but also, I mean, there's kind of, you know, there's kind of like a backlash to this whole idea that was prevalent for a while where it's like, oh, psychedelics are the key to solving PTSD and yeah. stuff like that. And there certainly are probably a huge help to that. Yes, it is and a under very the right, good tool. Under the right, you know, circumstances mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It couldn't, it's not like how I tried to cure my alcoholism with LSD, which is by just taking a bunch of acid and then still drinking and be, and just like, imagine. This will break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Well, isn't there, there you there's still have there's to make diminishing returns. Choices. You still have to, yeah. Right. It, it can be helpful. Yeah. And I also, it, it's also really interesting reading about how uh, mushrooms and psilocybin, when people in hospice care, is, is really good at yeah, helping people accept oh. death and stuff like and, that. And they're, they're actually having, and that's one of the same things of it's, it is a tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you can't just take cure. it and it fixes you. Yeah. It's, it's the same. Like, it's, it's great. Like, okay, if you take this and it, gives you perspective and insight into this other area yeah. of life. Great. Now you have to do something with that information. Exactly. Well, that it, doesn't, thing it doesn't just like, yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I, I stopped it. learning anything from psychedelics after, you know, high school when I started getting into more dependent on harder drugs. Mm -hmm. And as a consequence, shutting off any desire within myself to grow as a person and just being okay with just yeah. shutting down and trying to escape from reality and, as and, much as possible yeah and that that's that's like that's on that trajectory of like okay as as this young person experimenting exploring trying to right. understand the world and then we kind of find what and then it's like oh this world is kind of painful a lot of the time and mm -hmm. things don't work and things are different and whatever it might be and then we find the thing that works for us and then you know we can't go back we can't go back to that innocence of exploration and all this other stuff and i think that's what a lot of people like, that's why I don't smoke weed. That's why I don't do psychedelics. Yeah. That's why I don't do all these other things. Cause it's just like, like, I understand that that time in my life has passed. I can't go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be cool? Maybe. So, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Maybe you know. for an afternoon. Yeah. But a lot of, but there's been times in this last year for the first time in my life that I've been like, you know what? Even if I could drink, I wouldn't want to like, yeah. mind you, those are not often, but I have those thoughts of like, like that just sounds like that just sounds like a situation like, I don't want to be in. It's like the whole reason I got sober is because of a fundamental problem at my core, which is my uncomfortability with existing, you know. And if I go back to substance abuse in any form, it's I mean, it's kind of the opposite of everything I did, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea it scares that... the shit out of me that that might, you know, just like. <laughs> Really, I don't want to go back to the darkness. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't want to, I don't know how much pain it would take for me to get back. Like, yeah, I, because I know I'm, I know I'm smart enough and dumb enough to push that out as long as I, and, and like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to die. I'm not scared of dying. Like, it's the idea of like, it's like, that would just suck. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it, it, it's more of just I, a stupid mistake. Yeah, on my I don't want to die miserable either. You know. yeah. No, it would just be like, oh, I'm gonna go, and then I just die because I just don't, I, I haven't been in, I haven't been in this game for a few years, you know, and I just yeah. like put a needle in my arm and I die, and yeah. it's not like I'm like, it's not the death isn't the scary part. It's just like, wow, you're kind of an idiot. Like, <laughs> like, well, everything you've worked for, 
Yeah. You know, like I, I get to send presents to my daughter. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know her address when I got here. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> like, like, right. Yeah. I didn't spoke to her five years and now I have an opportunity to, you know, I, I FaceTimed her last night. Cool. Like, you know, I get so to, cool. I, yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff and all that. It's like, I have a responsibility now. Yeah. Like as a, as a whole to my, to myself, like that I didn't know what that was like when I, when I first got here. And that it doesn't feel like as big of a deal as there was a time when that would have been insane. What? That you could FaceTime her. I, I, I am intentional to remember how amazing it is. Yeah. But you have to be. But yeah, it. but it's it's very easy because I think I work with guys that are trying to get back in their kids' lives today. And it's just like, I, it, oh, trust it. It's a pet peeve of mine that <laughs> if, depending on where you're at in your life, your kids are not always a right. I don't care if they are legally or not. Yeah. They're not. Your kids are not a right in some situations. In my situation, it was not. No, I, I agree with that. I'm no contact I, with my dad. So, yeah. yeah. And so like it's not about like it is a privilege every mm-hmm. time that I get to even hear her voice or get a picture of her and like I try I I am intentional to remember every single time I have pictures of her in my house. It's a privilege that I have that. It's not a right. That's yeah. my kid though. That's yeah, my kid. I feel like I hate that, that so much. No, 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 you got it. That's my kin. Oh god. No. <laughs> I mean, to talk about the Christmas episode, like this is <laughs> seriously though, like the boundaries around yeah, yeah, this yeah. time of year. Cause yeah. I, I have people that have said to me, like, how can you just not have any contact? It's like, w- listen, pretty easily. I told him what the parameters were. I told him what the rules were of having a, a part of my life. And he yeah. didn't want to follow that. And does it suck? Yeah. It's, it hurts all the time. Like, do I wish things were different? And do I sometimes still think about letting that boundary slide a little bit and like seeing if maybe, but I can't, I've done yeah. that before and I know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I end up hurt in that situation. Yeah. Boundaries are for us. I, I, boundaries are probably one of the most misunderstood concepts on the face of the planet. Yeah. No kidding. Why is that? And theoretical physics. <laughs> Why? Why are boundaries um, misunderstood? I don't think, A, I don't think a lot of people understand what a boundary actually is and okay. who yeah. it's for. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of boundaries get put to pro- for the protection of other people when boundaries are for Let me give you my definition of what I think boundaries are. I mean, I could be wrong. No, I'm no, not, no. no. But... I, and tell me, tell me where I'm, <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong. Um, so for me, boundaries are about putting up, uh, knowing when to say, being okay with telling people no mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah being okay with uh knowing what my limits are mm-hmm. and making sure that i do not have any like um i don't have any reservations about making sure that my life reflects like my values and stays within my the parameters that i want my life to look like yeah. yes so okay. the the misunder right? yeah the i mean what is the misunderstood part the misunderstanding i you can fill in if this is wrong, but the misunderstanding I see the most is mm-hmm. that people think boundaries are about someone else's behavior. Yes. It's, it's me okay. saying, this is how you need to act. No, the boundary oh, is okay. me saying, this is what I will accept and participate yeah. in. Yeah, thank so you. I can't dictate how my dad acts, uh-huh. but I can say, I don't want to have conversations about my mom because I'm not going to participate in conversations where you're bad mouthing her. Mm-hmm. I will not participate in conversations about any of your exes. 
because that has nothing to do with me. Um, and I want to be, I want to have a positive relationship. And if we can't have a positive relationship where I'm not your therapist in every conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't participate in a relationship with yeah. you. That's not to say that I get to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's me saying, this is what I'm going to participate in. And if you can't do that, I need to step away. Uh, for And for the, for the addiction side of that, it's the same idea of like, hey, look, you can't drink around me. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the difference would be like, look, yeah. if, if there's alcohol around me, I'm leaving. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, because it's not telling somebody mm-hmm. else what to do. It's mm-hmm. telling somebody else what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah. And what I'm going to do is if, if there's A, B, and C, I'm not going to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, because people are always like, oh, well, he knows, he knows he doesn't, he shouldn't smoke. Around. Oh, well, does he know that if that comes up, you're going to leave? Yeah. Those yeah. are that's a very different conversation because yeah. it's telling somebody else what you intend to do. Yeah. It's yeah. not a gray right. area because boundaries tend to no 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 clearly defined yeah. boundaries of yeah. if you do this or I am not okay with A B and C and if A B mm-hmm. and C happen I will do D which is leave or do whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's in it's inviting somebody. It's almost like a mm. it's an invitation more than anything mm-hmm. else because it's saying like. To a this is <laughs> yeah not really and but. another thing that you don't have to keep sending out the invite right and i think that's another place people misunderstand yeah. is like so i have this boundary and um i've i've invited you to be a member of my circle uh-huh. and now like <clears throat> i keep bringing it up no you don't have to do that. You can right. send out that invitation and say like, okay, these are the parameters yeah. of the relationship that I am willing to be a part of. At the point that they either clearly tell you, no, I'm not mm-hmm. following that, or that they don't, <laughs> you right. know, that they break those lines, yeah. you can say, okay, reinforce the boundary. This is what I said I was willing to participate in. Since that's not happening, I'm stepping away. Mm-hmm. And that can be it. You don't have to come back two months later, next Christmas, mm-hmm. next holiday, and say like, "Okay, let's try this again." Like, you can do that if you want, mm-hmm. but you're you you're you're then you are giving the power to them, yeah. and boundaries are to empower us. Yeah, the person that implies the boundary. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I had the right idea all along. You did. <laughs> what is, a Christmas I miracle! Guess this is <laughs> This is, I, this is I, a real Doug Christmas, isn't it? I do it? think that, like, I don't think I had the right idea two years ago, though. Mm, Probably not, that. you know. I think it really, like, oh, you can't drink around me. I remember yeah. I remember that being a big part of my lexicon of just, like, nope, you can't do that, you can't do that, as opposed to me, like, being empowered enough to be like, oh, okay, well, that's fine, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, not going to be a part be of here. this. Yeah. 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 And I had a especially with relationships that come to, it's not about this whole idea. Uh, well, well, you know, we talked and we put this down, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to talk as much. All right. I don't know what that means. Right. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. the whole yeah. thing of, or of the, the real boundary of, okay, look, I'm here for treatment and I need to focus on myself. So, um, I will call you once a week. And that also means that if that's broken, specific, measurable, attainable, well, and also also if, if that's relevant, if that's timely, <laughs> yeah, you got if it. If that's Smart broken, goal. though, it's difficult for it's because realistically, what people don't understand when there's relationships is that person is disrespecting you. 
Yeah. That, right. That totally. person is yeah. refusing to acknowledge your boundary. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of floats over that of like, oh, well, it's, look, they just love me. It's so difficult. I don't care. No. Right. Like that's, it's tough. That's the point. But the whole idea yeah. of, and so for me, I came in here with a very, some sort of relationship thing with a person that was in jail in Texas and then moved up here and it was a great it's a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Whole thing. And the boundary that I put was I'm not going to be in this relationship. Instead of, well, I'm gonna try to set up this way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. And I got I got correspondence back and I would not respond because my boundary was I'm not going to. I am not going to participate in this back and forth yeah. because I know for me that I can't do, I can't do this friendship weird thing. Yeah. And so my boundary is I'm no longer going to participate in this relationship. Oh, but it's so important yeah. that we stay in each other's lives. It's, it's, I, I literally thought in my head too. And I was like, it was like, she's better off without me for sure. But nobody wants to admit that. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing too is when you're talking about setting boundaries and and actually hold on let, let me oh, yeah, yeah it's we were toxic together it's not yeah. that it, i was so important yeah. that i was ruining her life but yeah. like and it really had nothing to do with her life but the reality is i need to do this for me mm-hmm. and not her yeah i just want to clarify well, that because i was like i'm not the center of the world <laughs> we'll we'll get you there okay but that actually relates to what i was going to say anyway it it's you don't have to take responsibility for somebody else's feelings about your boundaries. Yes. Because I think another thing that happens, speaking of holidays, is I've I've talked to people who have said like, oh, well, this other family member is saying that because I have set a boundary with this person that now they want me to to let go of that boundary because it upsets them. Like, yeah. like family Christmas is going to be awkward. Care. Like... I understand it's valid that that feels crappy. It's valid that that doesn't feel good, that your actions or your need for something is coming and somebody else is feeling negatively about that. However, you have to live for you. Like I know that there are other members of my family that are hurt or upset or have some feeling about the fact that I don't have a relationship with my dad, but I, it's their responsibility to work through those emotions. It's their mm-hmm. responsibility to go get a therapist or talk to their sponsor or right. whatever. Like it's their job to work through their feelings about this. And it's my job to work through my feelings yeah. about it. Like I have my own stuff that I work through with my therapist about how I feel about the the way things are with my family relationships. Okay. But I can't take responsibility for somebody else's reaction no. to, to my boundaries. You have to let go of that, and it it does feel really bad, especially if you have, you have been to be made willing to, feel like to like to. to imagine a scenario where somebody else thinks you're the bad guy. Yeah, you know, be okay which is that. a really tough thing for me. Uh, I think starting to realize, like, even if I'm not necessarily being the bad guy in any given situation, but just realizing that I, somebody else out there thinks I'm mm-hmm. a bad person yeah. for doing what I think is right for me. You know. Which also isn't always the right decision. Sometimes I have made, I have hurt people, and uh, hot dog, no, and <laughs> and and um, doing what I thought was you know right for me, but you know, yeah, I've hurt people, yeah, yeah. in sobriety, 
I've probably hurt more people in sobriety oh. than I have um, without it. I've probably hurt people more genuinely in sobriety. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. I, I really sunk that knife in deep, you know? Yeah. It, it wasn't a thousand paper cuts. I was like, I'm going to really stick this where it hurts. Yeah. But that I, that's a reality of when you're living and you're making decisions for you. Right. There are going to be people that are going to feel some type of way about it. It's going to happen. You can't like you can't I mean, avoid somebody being upset with you. I mean, yeah, you can. You just get high all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never sure. feel a thing again in my life. <laughs> I never have to feel again. That's my son. Why do you always go to that accent? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's my kin. That's my <laughs> There's a soundbite we're going to get canceled for. What? That's my kin? That one. Why? I don't know. A kin's a real word. People usually would people usually in the know. southern part of America are more commonly used the term kin, so I used a southern accent. I think that's pretty appropriate. So all of the south is gonna cancel us. I don't think Nobody anybody in the south to listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Also, one of my I don't I don't think kin is a kin's not a derogatory term. No. That that'd be like so I can't say anything in a southern accent? I don't know. What is the protocol? Oh, <laughs> it's an SNL clip of it. Is that a little it. Hank Hill? Huh? What? King of the Hill. He always says what? What? No, I it's tell, a, a waffle house. To what? I tell you what. Now we're watching now King going of British. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, he's my kin. That's Australian. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Might be a little New Zealand Do in they there. celebrate Christmas on... December 25th in other countries? Yeah. No, I think so. It's a pagan holiday. It's the soul. So oh, not, careful. So, so not like, so not like <laughs> India though. I think they do. I think they, well, I think they if, celebrate Christmas everywhere because just, it's just as a holiday, because it's just a, it's a globalization thing. You well, know? yeah, it's a, it's a capitalist thing. holiday. We all know who the globalists are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that might do it though. That might be the canceling. Uh, huh. Okay, I was scared because yeah, I I, think, I know they did it in like World War One, like they had the whole the for Christmas. Yeah, they did it in they, Europe and stuff. Mm. What isn't that crazy that they did that during the during World War One that they were like, well, hey, they the armistice. let's just hang out for Christmas Day and like they like had tea. And, it's and, the great unifier. And then and then the next day they're killing each other. Commercialism. Well, they. Yeah, I don't think commercialism I think they, had anything to do with killing each other. I think a lot other, of the generals on both sides they just ordered artillery strikes on every Christmas after that. Probably. They just, yeah, I mean, they did. Oh. I mean, yeah, to make sure it never happened again. How dare these people? Because then you put a, a name to what you're shooting and yeah, emotion. A, yeah, World War One is fascinating. The death tolls on their on some of their their uh, mm -hmm. advancements. Yeah, like 20,000 in one day. 250,000 for like a single en like a engagement. Like Ooh. one, uh, what is that? Anyways, it's it's... And then I think about that and how many people went in there being like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that's going to get no, shot. And then many, immediately stands people, up and gets shot. Well, the, <laughs> the way warfare was, was conducted for you know hundreds of years before that was nothing like it. They didn't have machine guns or anything like that yeah. back then. And so everybody thinks they're just going to be, well, oh, I'm just going to give Jerry a go. And this, you know, <laughs> and it's <laughs> tally ho mates. And Over then, the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get there and your, your friend gets blown up the next day. Yeah. And, and then they're right spitting out 500 rounds per second. Yeah. Speaking per of 
minute. Trauma. It wasn't a second. But, yeah. <laughs> Should there be a trigger warning <laughs> on this section? Oy vey. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, well, the Brit- the British didn't even have helmets for like the first half of World War One. A lot of people didn't. And they, even that, they were just like tin. Yeah, it's not like they really did much anyway. No. Like, oh, it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, you were really good. The French like, were like the French had like bright blue uniforms, like that was still a thing back then, and, oh, and they weren't yeah, camouflaged. Yeah. That was not a thing, you know. Yeah, and then they still whistled when they were going over a wall. Tally ho, charge! Yeah, horrible, horrible. Thing. And the majority of men died from disease. <laughs> I think I don't, know I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I bet more. I bet it was one of the first because I think antibiotics were invented by that time. They were. Well, so, so, still a lot of people died from disease. Oh, and time, I, I think it was. Dead, but I, think, I think it was like a million horses died in World War One. Probably, which is astounding to think about. A million, a million horses. Yeah. Probably way more than that. I think. I think twenty that's million just, people died. Well, yeah, they had more people than horses. Yeah, but, but had... I mean, like, they probably had more than a million horses. Charge the horses! Why did they have horses at that point? Because they was... barely had cars. Yeah, they had to transport. Oh. Horses okay. were still widely used in World War II. Yeah. Transport really? things. Yeah. Well, when did when did the Model 10 come out? Or T, Model, Model T? Model T, that was Model early. T? That was, like, 1900s-ish. Yeah. That and so, it, then, like so then, what, something? 18 years later, World War I, or there 14? Were still, there were plenty of cars mm. and stuff, but... For yeah. the majority, I mean, it was, it was mostly trains and I guess yeah. I just they had the first tanks it. roll out, which were miserable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just have never really thought about horses war. being involved. Yeah, a lot of horses. I've never been into war <laughs> as yeah. a history subject. It's it's nuts. The concept of the quantity, the the sheer mass of people that lost their lives has always yeah. it just it it. Well, and it's like more people more people died from the Spanish flu like after World War One than but you know just the fact that we do it to each other and yeah. we we create we create all this material to just be blown up and wasted. It's just you know what the guy that created hilarious. nitroglycerin was like a pacifist. No, it's not that surprising. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, who invented DNT? Yeah, isn't that Nobel? Yes, isn't that what it is? Yes, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. the Nobel, Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a very. He was like, "This is going to stop people from killing each other." And then they're like, "Oh boy, <laughs> do we have some news for you?" <laughs> we are. This is this is going to go great inside. Yeah, of- sure. It well, that's like. Yeah. I mean, insulin. The guy who created insulin was like, he sold the patent for like a dollar, so that it would always be widely available and, and easily accessible. And now it's like capitalism at its finest. Yeah. Somebody just posted that Adderall, there's like a shortage on Adderall or something. So they're having a hard time getting it. Meth's pretty prevalent still. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've I love the I've I've had multiple conversations with people of like Yeah, no, nah, look, like I just Adderall doesn't I don't Adderall just gets me really like tweaky, so I just smoke meth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, that's the solution? That's I I have a I have a friend that he's going through his own story, but uh, that literally was like, well, I lost my prescription for Adderall, so I'm just going to do a little meth every day. And I was yeah. like, that's not how meth works. Microdosing meth? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've never microdosed anything in my life. I microdosed hallucinogens once. Other than that, I just take a large dose. <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah when not I would, for me. When I would get on my Adderall kicks, it'd be like three, four days of 120 milligrams. Just Yeah, I think, I, I think the most I the took time. 
at one time was like 140 or 160. Yeah. And Just I give me my pills, man. <laughs> yeah, it's and then weird. being like, no, 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 meth's better. <laughs> I mean, meth is better, but not for what that is. Right. Right. It's been not it's been an interesting want. experience uh, being a student without Adderall again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote least. I wrote a I've over the past like three weeks I've wrote a fifteen page paper I've wrote an, oh. written a ten page paper I've written four like three to five page papers sounds miserable that does sound really miserable. it was doable I remember though why I don't like go. The, well the only way I used to be able to do that was I would just tweak for mm. forty eight hours like right and like right before right before the the things were due and I would just write entire projects and you know in twenty four hours. And uh, can't do that anymore because, like, I'll write for like three hours and I just can't think anymore. So, see, that's funny. I would try that and I'd be like, I'm gonna take a bunch of Adderall and so then I just take a bunch of Adderall and then like 30 minutes later, I just like do something else. Yeah, but you gotta get it done. I mean, I would do that. I too. just want to get it done. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I, I, yeah, I mean, kinds you, of you, you had a strong base study skill. Yeah, I that guess. you then had Adderall I, that just kind of propped it, it up. It, it is I amazing. No base. It is amazing. Me and my dad were talking about this recently about how like how was it that like in the the depth of my alcoholism and my drug addiction that I was still like managing kind of to like go to school and like work and all that stuff. Yeah. We're amazing. We're amazing little critters. I don't know why I had the drive. To, I think it's, I, well, I do know why. And the reason why is because <gasps> I was so like, um, I really didn't, I've been going to college on and off pretty much throughout all of my twenties. Mm-hmm. And mm. I could always have my identity being as like, well, you know, I'm just I'm getting my I'm getting my stuff together, you know. I'm in my mid twenties, but I'm going back to school and blah blah blah. And like, um, um, I could always have that justification, you know. I was like bartending, I was working in factories, and I was a student, and I held on to that identity. And I, in order to in order to keep that identity in my own head, I had to keep like doing good enough at school to justify me having it, because yeah. otherwise, I just have nothing you know, in my own mind. So it's also a justification of like, there's a purpose for this. No, I'm not just abusing yes. Adderall. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. it because, yeah, totally. because I have to write these papers. See, but also it takes a very high level of self-awareness to be able to look at that situation and come up with that conclusion where a lot of other people would have not come up to that conclusion, yeah, yeah. even though the truth may or may not be the same, but yeah. the, the, but at the end of the day, it's interesting. Even if that's, well, I guess I'm the most uh, self-aware person. All right. Calm whoever down. Lived. Ever. Calm down. <laughs> But the funny thing is, even if that wasn't the case, uh-huh. that belief fits you moving forward in your life. Yeah, where if it somebody, does dovetail with that. Yeah. yeah. So, so even if, even regardless of regardless of what the truth was, which is really irrelevant at this point, right? Yeah. Like if you were to look at that, because people do this all the time, they'll look at that and say, like, well, no, really, it just means that I'm not an alcoholic. If, right. And, yeah, you know, yeah, really, yeah. really just means that I was well, doing believe fine. me, I, I thought that too, you know, but, but there came a point where you're like, maybe this belief is incorrect where nobody wants to challenge their beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And did, I'm yeah. an alcoholic is a, or I'm not an alcoholic is a very deeply intimate yeah. belief, which well, not a lot of people are willing to actually look at. Well, I think I've, I've been comfortable and known that I'm an alcoholic since I was like, since pretty much since I was like 21, 22 years old. Um, I think the first time, the first time I ever seriously attempted sobriety was when I checked myself into rehab when I was 25. And, um, 
my obsession was always how do I continue? How do I become one of these like, you know, mythical functioning addicts? and alcoholics and you know how do yeah. i the artistic and, absolutely yep. that is 100 <laughs> exactly. what i was yeah, talking go. about that's what yep. i wanted to be you know what i mean i wanted to be hunter s thompson yep. and um yeah it didn't work until it didn't work i mean what did we say at the beginning of this where it's just like when i when i got here my life was honestly kind of i mean it wasn't but like it was kind of more together than it was at my lowest point which was yeah. probably five or six years before I came to, to guiding light, you know? Um, but I was spiritually and emotionally and like, as a, a, a where my soul was, mm. the pain mm. was yeah. at its, pain. yes. The pain was at its absolute like lowest that it could ever be. And I the still vividly remember mm. that. The spiritual desperation. Of I remember, lost man. I remember being on acid and <laughs> like a couple weeks before I came in here and it was honestly like one of the most painful moments in my life was like, I had just, I was living in my parents' basement and I just got home and it was like three in the morning. I was still tripping and I was going through alcohol withdrawals because I just- God, that sounds yeah, miserable. Yeah, yeah, um, Because while I was tripping, I was at my friend's house and I came to, and I came clean about how like, dude, I'm an alcoholic. I have this serious problem. <laughs> like, like, yeah. And I had like a Gatorade bottle that was like half full of vodka. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is vodka. All right. Like I'm, I can't stop drinking, <laughs> you know? And so I dumped it out. Yeah. Bad mistake. Bad mistake. So I was, so I was going through withdrawals really bad and I was at home and I thought I had like a, like half of a pint of, of vodka when I got home. I couldn't find it. Oh, I was gosh. just freaking the I was freaking out <laughs> and I, I couldn't do anything. Thank God I found like a bottle of champagne <laughs> that I could drink <laughs> to just a little bit kind of stave myself off yeah. um, and come down off this acid. But like uh, I was just standing outside, just pacing back and forth and just like, I, I can't get any more alcohol in me. Um, it was it was really one of the most vivid, painful moments of just like, wow, I am hopelessly addicted to this stuff, man. Yeah. Like I just... I really got to do something about this. Um, you know, and then it took you a couple more <laughs> weeks, a couple more weeks. Yeah. I think it was at that time. Um, yeah, I don't know if I had any plans about coming here yet, but I, I, I was actively trying to get sober. I wasn't resigned to that being my fate, but just, you know, that I, I was resigned to like, I got to do something about this because this is just too painful for me to, for me to live like that, you know? It is interesting. Something that we talked about on the very first episode that we did when we got on the tangent of the pamphlets. Uh huh. But oh, yeah. when you were talking about that, it just made me 30 think. 30 weeks ago. Yeah. Is that 30 weeks ago? Yeah. It just made me think of that's kind of the problem with the way that people talk about recovery typically because everybody talks about the darkest moment and the, the lowest point. But that's not always when you actually start. It's to not always things. the cosmetically darkest point, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Like the aesthetically darkest point. Yeah. You know. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not me and my seizures and my DUIs and all that stuff. It's just right. it was. Just, but those are funny. They're very funny. But um, <laughs> well, they're very my car vivid. accidents and yeah like those are the things that other people yeah, who don't they're, understand they're or whatever. tangible and they say oh that's that's the reason right yeah that's it's what me yeah it's me pacing around at three o'clock in the morning just wanting to scream because i don't have 
access to this one thing that makes me feel better and i'm just hopelessly lost in so much pain you know the, and it doesn't have to be the only thing that can get you i just remember also acid and i was doing a lot of coke which is not a good combination to do God, i loved the, that combination i hated it Oof. i don't really only, like anyway but I, I was at my buddy's house and like coke ran out and i i had needles with me but he didn't know because for some reason i was like well as long as he knows i'm not shooting it, he's fine if i like, <laughs> snort it with him all night long yeah and i remember coming down and i was mixing up a shot of coke and mm. i th i threw my q-tip for the, the cotton to pull off it and i just threw it and it knocked the cap over with the sh with my shot of coke in it into carpet and i was oh, just like no. what yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. and and i just remember laying and i i I, I know exactly what you're talking about of like just sitting in this regret and there's remorse none of just of, yeah none yeah oh god and god, just like terrible. there's like oh I just have to sit here now yeah like, exactly and, this, and your head's just spinning from acid and you're just like yeah already like I'm coming down off acid which is terrible I'm coming down off coke which is terrible it is. sitting in this thing and and it was just it was just a very miserable time and I remember yeah. previously in that night I went to my buddy's house and it was at this time that I was like clean but basically that just meant not shooting up sure and i had long sleeves on and he's like pull up your sleeves this is why i was tripping on acid too he's like pull up your sleeves and i was like uh, yeah no <laughs> and it was it was just the weirdest but yeah it took years after that for me to but it was yeah. it was very bad it was just a very grimy rough sharp experience mm-hmm well merry christmas merry everybody. christmas <laughs> I just wonder if talking about because the whole point of this the this whole season the the podcast that when we took it over the yeah. whole point was to talk about this in a different way than was that what the point of this was sure yeah wasn't it we <laughs> yeah. talked a lot about talking about recovery and addiction in yes, a different absolutely. way than we've been we've been very vocal about specifically that being it like yeah yes and I I think. When you're talking about that, it strikes me that somebody who is experiencing that, but maybe maybe it doesn't look outwardly like they have a problem. So maybe they are holding it together enough so that they don't see it as being a problem that actually needs help. Mm -hmm. But then maybe don't look at me like that. I know what you're thinking. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, he's not thinking anything. He's 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 thinking, why are you saying this right now? I No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not thinking anything. I just... I think that it's interesting if we could talk more about those types of experiences than somebody who maybe looks like they're holding it together and hasn't yet hit that low point that is so vividly on all of the posters and stuff that they might actually see the, this is a problem. The irony in, in that we had those, those moments is that earlier in this episode, we were talking about how it's so dramatic and how they write things about the dramatic people in TV yeah. shows and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. And then we were like, yeah, well, this is the really dramatic version of our addiction. Mm -hmm. It's dramatic, but it's not dramatic. I think in the same way that it what gets looked at. What do you want at. from me? Well, cause what we were talking about with that is that they always write it as this like big, insane, externally looking like you lose your job, you lose your both family. Of our, you end both up of homeless. our stories were examples of really we're highlighting just the internal turmoil 
Yes. Oh, just, that's fair. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, it's dramatic, but it wouldn't look like it from the outside. Like, if I'm, you saw I'm, that I'm, scene in a movie, you wouldn't understand the drama unless you could hear the narrative of the person. I mean, I didn't tell head. you what I was doing the three days before that happened. So that. <laughs> well, me. Sure. But I, I to the point of I'm curious if people experience those feelings and, and that kind of sharpness, that yeah. type of like rough, just like the my the internal monologue at a lot of those times and a lot of those times in life is just rough. Like it I don't know how else to describe it. It's like it's like you're on a train. Yeah. And like an old West train, not a nice Amtrak train. Right. Like and like I just curious if those have been if people have had that experience of having maybe not such a far spin on the pendulum, but you know Oh, like what does it what does it feel like when your mom has to pick you up from jail for your first DUI? Like I never experienced that, mm -hmm. or like some of those things that, on the grand scheme of things, might not be as aesthetically intense. Yeah, but internally might be just the same. So I guess that's kind of I I, yeah. I would be curious about that because I think when you're when you're describing that that moment of the one thing I need. I don't have, I either don't have access to it or I can't find it or whatever. Like I have had that moment. The one thing I need, it's just this, this level of hopelessness that I think more people get to than even realize they've gotten to mm -hmm. it. And maybe they don't have an addiction or maybe they don't have like it, it wasn't for me, it wasn't dropping my Coke on the floor and it wasn't, can't find my like mm -hmm. pint of vodka that I thought I had. Like for me, it was like, I didn't want to be alive anymore, but I didn't, I had this moment. I couldn't bring myself to even do that. Like I didn't even have the energy in me or the, the will to care about myself enough to even take that away. Mm -hmm. But I had that moment where like the one thing that I knew would help, I couldn't do. Mm. And that level of hopelessness, I think more people have gotten to than they realize and that they don't have to they don't have to stay there forever. You like there, you can get help and it, it doesn't have to be like addiction recovery. It doesn't have to be like, I mean, that, that was in between going to therapy. Like therapy wasn't the thing. Like I had, there were a lot of other choices I had to make first before I had access to therapy even, but that kind of feeling I think is more universal than we ever give it credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. when we talk, when we don't talk about that moment, because it, it doesn't look as dramatic or intense or uh, yeah. like it's not as it's not as vividly easy to explain that moment yeah and it doesn't feel good convey. yeah yeah but i think we do a disservice to everybody who's experienced that to not because yeah, everybody it. is kind of familiar with that on some level or another right somewhere yeah. you've had that in your life yeah. or to the people that experience that quite often but then have this image of oh i am the it I, should be something else i am the man i am this yeah. person that like yeah. i don't break i don't break i don't break i don't break even though you're shattering every single day yeah it, or it just doesn't look the way that that or other woman. people say it ha yeah thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> we feel it too but just in that moment, part of the problem is the hopelessness of feeling alone in yeah. that moment because nobody's ever talking about the fact that this does happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or the fact that you can just go through a regular day, nothing insane happens, and wow, I feel like I'm just I'm just trudging water and surviving another day. You yeah. don't need to be tripping on acid, 
looking for a bottle of champagne just to just so you don't shake as oh, hard thank god i found that bottle of champagne though i know isn't it there there's there's saved been... my life it didn't even do anything for me really but just the fact that i could mentally tell myself that i'm taking in some alcohol yeah yeah, yeah. well it got you just enough away from that hopelessness that you could like keep going yep yeah he didn't really have a choice but yeah <laughs> you did though what do you mean you could have ran and broken into someone's house I could have. That never crossed my mind, though. I just, I was just, you know, I just kind of guess I'm going to have to deal with this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. Merry I know, Christmas, right? everybody. We, we really got deep this January time. January 27th. We'll be back. We'll be back. Uh, thank you for all the watches, listens, comments. Any degree of support that you have provided us, yeah. we appreciate yeah in all honesty and yeah, it, it has serious. been really fun to kind of go into this whole little experience with debbie and doug and uh if you do have any questions i know that doug has some info i don't know show notes don't we you got don't do show oh, notes yeah. anymore if you want to know more about guiding light or yeah. you know keep up i mean if you want to know be the first to know when the new episodes come out subscribe wherever you are okay Right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's, it'll a, that's show a way up. to do it. Good one. You like subscribe, rate us, review us, say nice things or not. Say mean uh, things too. I appreciate the criticism. I don't read anything that you write. So. <laughs> Dude is like, I have nothing to do with this. But, but I do. I, I do really appreciate Doug and Debbie and all the guests that we did have on the show as well. Absolutely. And all the yeah. organizations. So many. Seriously. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and I'm happy that both you We're guys. We're kind of out of people. Yeah, that's not true. We'll have plenty of fun, interesting guests. <laughs> yeah, I'm way sure. to really kick off next season. No, I mean, it's been great. I've I really appreciated. It is crazy how this all again. just kind of yeah, how we've managed it. It's it's been going on for seriously thirty weeks. Yeah, yeah. this is episode thirty one. So bananas. I'm just happy that we could really spruce this space up with our festive Christmas tree. Me too. I'm very happy for those of you who it. are listening. We have a Christmas tree. It's about yeah. 10, 12 feet tall. So Merry Christmas in two days, everybody. Uh, you know, and if uh, and if it's not Merry, uh, sorry. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Happy at least holidays. you have us. Happy holidays. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not Merry for a lot of people. Certainly wasn't for me for a long time. It I, spent, I think it'll be okay year, for me yeah. this time. Yeah, I spent but, a lot of Christmases by myself. Yeah, in me too. Terrible places and yeah getting phone calls that I wasn't going to answer. And then I'd listen to voicemails I didn't later know and it was cry. I, I was in detox for one Thanksgiving and I didn't even know that I missed Thanksgiving be until like, they were like, Oh, we're going to do the stupid art thing where we draw the turkeys with our hands on the wall. And I was like, Oh, it's, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's funny. I remember doing this for Thanksgiving. I remember like, my yeah, first it's Thanksgiving, beer. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye everybody. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>